The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. If you can't figure out why you leave every conversation with family or romantic partners feeling bad or worse, guilty, it's time to find out why. Head over to my other podcast, Love and Abuse, over at loveandabuse.com, and you may learn exactly what you need to navigate the difficulties in your relationship. Life presents the toughest challenges. Every day you are faced with decisions that test your ability to express who you really want to be in this world. We're told to keep saying affirmations and keep thinking positively, but what do you do when that stuff doesn't work? Welcome to the Overwhelmed Brain, where you'll learn to make decisions that are right for you so that you can create the life you want now. Hello, this is Paul Coliani, and I am here to help you increase your emotional intelligence, handle toxic situations with grace and ease, and give you the tools to show up as your authentic self. Everything I talk about consists of my personal opinions and is meant for informational purposes only. You know the drill. Always seek a professional for your mental health and well-being. And um, always listen to this show for everything else. (laughs) For what you want to accomplish in your life. But not the usual personal growth and development show. This is a show about helping to empower you so that you always make the decisions that you are in alignment with. I just shorten that to making decisions that are right for you. Because some decisions are right for you and they're not right for others because they're not you. So you might have to make decisions sometimes that benefit you and hope that those that care and love and support you will be okay with those decisions. And they should be because people who love and care about you and support you want you to be happy. That's my belief. So when I started making decisions for myself, when I moved away from home and I decided to move a thousand miles away from home, I didn't hear a lot of flack. I didn't hear my family say, why are you moving so far away? They supported me. They said, good luck on your trip. Good luck on your move. I hope you find what you want. I hope you have a great time down there. I was moving from New Hampshire to Florida at the time. And that was very supportive. And I never knew anything but support from certain members of my family. So it does bother me when some people don't have that kind of support system in their life. I've always sort of been a loner (laughs) anyway. I've always been someone who just trekked out on his own to figure out what the world is about and learn about myself and learn about others and just try to get through life. Mainly because I wanted to leave home because of the dysfunctions at home. Growing up with an alcoholic and another person that abused drugs and another person who very much enabled this behavior and tried to sweep all the bad stuff under the rug and shield us from the toxicity. She did her best and 
all of my family did the best they can, and that is a belief that I have developed over the years is that people do the best they can. And sometimes it doesn't seem that way. Sometimes it seems people do bad things and we think they could do better. We could all do better, but if you don't have the experience or the history or the references or the resources to do better, you're going to do the best you can. In NLP, I learned people do the best they can with the resources they have. When they do the best they can with the resources they have, that means they only have enough resources to do what they're doing. Some people might think, yeah, that's common sense. You don't have to rub it in my face. (laughs) I'm not trying to. I'm trying to say that we can look at someone who might appear as toxic in our life and say, that person's doing the best they can. Of course they can do better, but they're doing the best they can do at this time in their life with the resources they have because everyone's following a path and has gotten so many steps along that path and some people aren't necessarily following a path of improvement. They're just following a path of survival. In a lot of toxic situations, I see people just wanting to survive or trying to survive or not even looking at their own dysfunctional behavior as the cause of the dysfunction and toxicity in their lives. And when there are people that aren't reflective enough to see that they may be the cause of the problem, guess who the cause of the problems in their lives is? Yes, you. You are the cause of the problems in the lives of people that don't reflect on their own behaviors. That means you will get blamed for things. You will be pointed out as the one causing the problems, even though you listen to shows like this, even though you do all the personal growth and development work, or you are in therapy, or you're reading, or whatever you're doing, anything that causes you to reflect on how you show up in the world, and how you want to be in the world, and trying to show up as the best version of you, even though you're doing all of that, and there are challenging people in your life, that don't do any of that, you still get blamed. You are still the one they point at and say, you're doing this. You're the one causing my life to be stressful. I'm sharing that with you because I want to break you from that cycle of self-blame. I want to break you from any thoughts that you have that maybe you are the cause of other people's problems. I mean, you might be. (laughs) You might do things intentionally or not that cause other people to have problems, but we are still responsible for our own behaviors, and we are also still responsible for our own belief systems and philosophical thoughts about other people, which is where I come full circle and say, when you look at someone else and you have the thought that they are doing the best they can, that is a very evolved thought process. That's what I believe. I believe when you look at someone and they're showing up in a very challenging way or very abusive way, and you say they're doing the best they can, that is a very evolved, very emotionally intelligent thought process. The problem is we don't normally get that back. 
<laughs> we don't normally have someone tell us, you must be doing the best you can. So thank you for trying. They don't normally do that because they see us as the problem. And I know I'm grouping myself in here and it sounds a little bit egoistic, but I know myself well enough to know that I reflect, I work on myself, I, I'm always trying to improve myself, and I see others that don't. I see other people that um, they play the victim. I mean, there are real victims, but there are people that play the victim and they create their own problems in life and they point at everyone else saying that they're the problem. They're the problem. They're the problem. That cashier's the problem. My mom's the problem. My partner's the problem. My kids are the problem. When they point at everything else, they are typically playing the victim. I'm not saying there can't be someone that um, is getting challenged in every single aspect of their life by every single person that shows up in their life. I'm not saying that can't happen, but the chances are small. The chances are less than what the chances are that they are seeing the world through eyes that makes them feel like everyone's against them. And those people are definitely more difficult to deal with because they never take responsibility. That person's never going to take responsibility for their own challenges. They'll never take responsibility because it's so much easier to not reflect. It's so much easier to point at someone else and say, they did this to me. That person is the problem, not me. We all have that person is the problem, not me, in our minds. We all have that. And I'm not saying it's wrong to think that. I'm saying on a grand scale, if you say that more often than not, you might be the common denominator for all these problems, which might make you the source of the problem. That doesn't mean you are a problem. It just might mean that you have to look at those three fingers pointing back at you. You point your finger at someone, there's always three fingers pointing back at you. doesn't mean you're always responsible. doesn't mean you're to blame. It just means that it's important to understand that you take part in the formula of what creates your life and what creates the challenges in your life. This is where I'm going with this segment is that Sometimes we stick around people that play that victim and point at us as the origin of their problems and we don't do anything about it or we don't do enough about it or what we do about it does nothing. We could say, no, that's not my fault. You caused this. You took those steps and you ended up there. You caused those problems, not me. We could say that, but will it fall on deaf ears? Because we know if it falls on deaf ears, then they're not reflecting. They're not doing everything they can to improve themselves. The only caveat to that is maybe they think they're 100% right. Sometimes we think we're 100% right. I know I'm right. (laughs) I know I'm right about this. I am not going to back down. I know I'm right about that person. They are 100% at fault. This is where it comes back to personal responsibility again. How much are you exposing yourself to a dysfunctional person, a toxic person, someone that is more of a challenge than you need in your life? And I'm not saying it's easy to get away from these types of people. Uh, Sometimes you can't. Sometimes you're stuck in a situation for a while until that person 
does something else or you do something else or circumstances change. But there are so many circumstances that we can change, but we don't. I have been in circumstances that I could have changed, but decided to allow my people pleaser to kick in and not cause waves. But it was okay for them to cause waves in my life. It was okay for that person to be the difficult one for me, but I didn't want to be the difficult person for them. So I just let them continue doing what they were doing to me. There is something wrong with that. There is something that disempowers you when you do that. That is part of the enabling process that allows people to continue to show up in a way that disempowers you. And when you take part in that, when you actually have another choice, I'm talking about when you have a choice but you don't want to take it because you don't want to make waves or you're afraid of confrontation, but when you do have a choice and you choose instead to be the target of their behavior, instead of putting your hand up and saying, stop, this is not the way I want to be treated, this is not healthy, I need to get away from this. If you instead remain the target, it never ends. I mean, if they're not reflecting, they're not going to change. That's probably one of the most important lessons I've ever learned, is that people that don't reflect that aren't necessarily into improving themselves, that don't really care about uh, personal growth and development, that don't think they need therapy, and they tend to complain about everyone else as being the problem and them doing nothing wrong, those are the type of people that don't change. And because they don't change, it's actually easier to accept that's who they are and that they're doing the best they can. If you can accept someone's bad behavior as the best behavior they're capable of, it frees you to do something else with your time. Even if it's just your thought processes. I want to do something else with my thought processes. I don't want to sit around all the time wishing and hoping and praying and thinking that maybe they'll get it someday. It's like the emotionally abusive relationship where the victim of emotional abuse they cry, they defend themselves, they show the abusive person that they're hurting, yet the abusive person doesn't change. And those that don't change won't, and if all the crying and showing them how hurt you are didn't change them for the last few months or years, it's not going to change them. If they are not changing already after you show them how hurt you are, they're not going to change, at least with the way you're showing up, with the way you're responding and reacting to their behavior. When you visibly show someone or verbally tell someone that they're hurting you and they don't stop hurting you, they are not going to change. This is why, especially with emotionally abusive relationships, it's sometimes better to take a break from each other. I'm going to take a break from you for a while and it would be great if you could reflect on your behavior, not that you would necessarily say this, but this is what you're thinking. It would be great if that person could reflect on their behavior when I'm not in the picture because I know I'm part of the formula that creates this relationship. So if I take this variable out of the formula and step out of the equation, then they would have the ability to look at their situation in a different light. And because I'm not in that formula, 
they can reflect in a different way. They aren't influenced at all by my presence in their life. Just like you're not influenced at all by their presence in your life. The separation is the fog lifting. It's giving both of you the opportunity for all the cloudiness that has plagued your minds over the years, not being able to think clearly so that you can get into a space so that you can think clearly. And sometimes both people will figure it out. Sometimes the hurtful person will realize, wow, I've been hurtful. I just realized it all this time. I never really stopped and thought how much you were hurting, even though you showed them how much you were hurting. And then the person that has been hurt has other thoughts. They think, wow, it really wasn't my fault that all this stuff was happening. I really wasn't to blame. I suddenly feel better about myself. And in any relationship, if you don't feel better about yourself, if the relationship doesn't amplify your feelings about yourself in a positive direction, then the relationship might be toxic or dysfunctional. Because I believe all relationships should promote self-love and self-compassion and happiness in general. I believe all relationships should do that. And when they don't, there might be some dysfunction or toxicity. So coming back to what I said, everyone's doing the best they can with the resources they have. And what that means is don't expect anything more than what you see. See them for how they're showing up now and how they've been showing up for the last few months or years. Because if you think that they'll change for the better in the future, did you not think that yesterday? Were you not thinking that last week, last month, last year? If they have been changing, if the trend line is going a little bit up and to the right and you're seeing improvements, then maybe there's more coming. I mean, that's the only way I can tell if there's more coming is if it has been happening. But if it hasn't been happening, don't expect it to. Don't sit there wishing and wanting and praying and hoping that they'll change, that they'll show up as a better person because they suddenly achieved an empathetic state. They could, not saying it's impossible, but you free yourself by abandoning that expectation. These are just some random but very specific thoughts I had before I go on to the next segment, which uh, may or may not have anything to do with this. It's regarding a relationship. We'll get into that in a moment, but I'll tell you all about it right after this. have to share this story. There was a time in my 30s that um, my friend and I were moving a very large piece of equipment. And I remember trying to put it in the van and um, my friend gave it a push and I, with all my might, pulled it toward me. The problem was this thing didn't move. It just sat there. It was a dead weight. And when I pulled it, my right hand felt like it separated from my arm. I never went to the hospital for it, but since then, there's always been a small amount of pain in it. And I just really didn't think too much about it. It was just one of those small pains that I learned to live with. You know how it goes. <laughs> so what I did over the years was just ignore it. 
until one day it uh, hurt more than I liked. And, you know, I'm thinking, what is this? Is this arthritis? Is this what it feels like? So my girlfriend applied some topical CBD on it. And um, within minutes, it felt better. I thought all this time I could be using something like this to make my wrist feel better. And I'm not even here to talk about that necessarily. I'm just here to share with you my first experience with CBD. After that, I, I started looking into other products with CBD and I found something that I really wanted to try called Dream Nighttime Powder. It's by a company called Beam, B-E-A-M. And I've been using this the last couple weeks and this is perfect for the winter. It's colder and it makes the night cozy because what it is is a best-selling sleep product. It's a hot cocoa. It is one of the products I can attest to that actually helps me fall asleep fast. It is the perfect winter wind-down for those cold nights. And it is also healthy. And the best part about it, and this is important to me because I've been on the verge of pre-diabetes, is no added sugar. There's no artificial sweeteners, no added sugar. They use uh, monk fruit, I think. So I want you to check out their white chocolate peppermint dream powder. It only lasts for a limited time, so get it while it's hot. And this is really great news. If you subscribe now, you can also take advantage of Beam's best sale of the year for Black Friday and Cyber Monday. So we know that this is right around the corner. If you're listening to this close to that date, then I recommend you get 40% off the first three months of a Peppermint Dream subscription plus a free mug and frother, which I got and I love. Or you can get a 20% off one-time purchase. Again, this is Beam's biggest offer of the year and just like this new flavor, it won't last long. Head over to beamorganics.com forward slash brain. That's beam, B-E-A-M, Organics com forward slash brain b-r-a-i-n for 40 percent off the first three months of a peppermint dream subscription plus a free mug and frother or you can just do the 20 percent off a one-time purchase the subscriptions they have are month to month and can be paused or canceled anytime i have been sleeping amazingly well and my girlfriend even said that it has helped relax her muscles at night and this is exactly what i wanted to share with you just in case you were looking for something to help you calm and relax at night. Head over to beamorganics.com forward slash brain and check them out today. And along with getting better sleep, your mental health and wellness is important as well. If you've heard the show before, you've probably heard me talk about BetterHelp and you'll probably hear me talk about them again and again because they are my number one recommendation for online therapy and I'm so glad they sponsor this show because what they offer goes hand in hand with what I talk about over here. They are customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so that you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. I remember in my late 20s, I felt depressed. I didn't know who to talk to, and when somebody said, you should go see a therapist, I thought, how am I going to afford that? I don't have insurance, and... I don't even know if that's the right path for me, but now with the ability to do this online or over the phone or through chat, you can get help for almost anything you're going through, and you don't even have to leave the comfort of your home or car or wherever you want to talk to them. These are licensed professional counselors that specialize in depression, stress, anxiety, relationship issues, old traumas, anger, family conflicts, and more. Sometimes you can listen to a show like this, 
and get everything you need and go on your way and sometimes you need to go one-on-one -on -one. and I get a lot of requests for one-on-one -on -one and I, I don't really have the time to do that anymore which is again why I appreciate having a sponsor like BetterHelp and letting you know about them. So check them out. Go to betterhelp.com forward slash brain. That's betterhelp, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com forward slash brain. And you can get 10% off your first month and join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash brain. Welcome back. I'm going to read you an email from someone that has been in a long-term relationship. The person said, I've been in a relationship for over two decades. My partner thinks that we should separate. We're on different paths, she said. Some members of her family died, and we eventually sorted some problems out. Uh, but some more members of her family died just before the COVID lockdown, and things have slowly gotten bad again. She actually found one of her family members' bodies after that person died, and um, another relative died. So a lot of deaths in this family, unfortunately. And he goes on to say she had quite a tough childhood, I believe, and there may have been some abuse. Also, during the lockdown, her career stalled, and she isn't where she wants to be with work. She is very avoidant and doesn't like to talk about problems. She uses spirituality and meditation as a way of coping. I'm trying to be the best version of me and keep up with my interests and not be needy. I have quite a wide circle of friends and I've tried to get her involved, but she doesn't seem interested. She only has a small amount of friends, and due to the nature of her work, she doesn't have workmates, as she doesn't have any fixed location. In general, we're getting along quite well, and we're sharing time together or walking the dog, yet she still believes we should go our separate ways. I've suggested we wait till after Christmas, and she's agreed to that. It's just the two of us and our pet. I think she maybe feels lost and she doesn't know who she is and could be having a midlife crisis or awakening. She said, in order to progress, we need to, quote, break the cycle. Thanks in hope. And he put his name. All right. Thanks for sharing that. And um, you're in a long-term relationship. I would consider that long-term, quarter of a century practically. And uh, because of that, you've been through a lot of ups and downs and she's been through a lot of ups and downs. And it's quite possible because of her challenges growing up and challenges over the past few years with a lot of relatives dying, that it could have something to do with her mental health and well-being. And at the same time, it could have absolutely nothing to do with your relationship. So I just want to put that out there. What you're describing in this message Everything could be relevant. She could be having a midlife crisis. She could be depressed. She could be losing her passion for life. And it may have nothing to do with your relationship. Because relationships are sometimes a different animal. Now, they could be absolutely related, all of this. Um, this is very reminiscent of a breakup that I went through. My, my longest relationship went through this. And um, she just wanted to end it as well. I mean, end the relationship. So we did. And it was definitely something I didn't want. I didn't expect it. It was just it came out of the blue. But it ended. And it needed to. It needed to for both of us, even though I didn't know I needed it to end. She decided to end it because for about a year or two before the relationship ended, we pretty much stopped 
connecting the way we needed to connect. We were just living as roommates. And even though the writing was on the wall, I couldn't read it. She knew it. She knew what she wanted, but she didn't know how to approach it. She didn't know how to approach me. She didn't know how to say, I'm not in love with you anymore. Well, let me put it this way. She knew how to say that, but she did not want to say it to me. And this is my opinion because she was compassionate. She didn't want to hurt my feelings. And I was a very emotional person back then, or at least sensitive and afraid of abandonment, afraid of rejection, afraid of being alone. And because of all that, she decided to continue to endure a relationship with someone that she was no longer in love with. I'm not saying that this person's no longer in love with you. I'm not saying that at all. But it could be true. And if it is, can you be okay to let this go? And it does sound like you've had adult, mature conversations about what's going on in the relationship. But you sound like you don't have enough, enough information, enough closure to see this to what appears to be the end of the relationship. Now, uh, what I learned is that when someone falls out of love, typically the door closes and you really can't open it again. And often it's very difficult to do anything to reopen that door. So what can you do? I, I think it might be important if you haven't asked the question, are you still in love with me? Then it might be important to ask that question. It might be a hard truth to hear. And if she says, well, no, I'm definitely still in love with you. I just need to get out of this relationship. Then um, I'm not sure. That would be confusing to me. (laughs) But maybe there's some other circumstances going on there. But let's just ask that question first. Are you still in love with me? And give her a safe space to answer that question because it might be a difficult question to answer, especially if you're at all sensitive to the stuff that I talked about, you know, stuff that I went through, fear of rejection, fear of abandonment, fear of being alone. If you're sensitive to any of that stuff and you've expressed that in any way, then she may not want to hurt your feelings and say something like that. But if you ask that question, then getting the answer helps you reach some closure. Now, that may not be an answer that you like. It may not be an answer that you don't like. Maybe she does say that she's still in love with you and she is going through some psychological stuff and she does need to get away from you just to clear her head. But uh, you use the term break the cycle. That tells me that there's something that has been going on in your relationship that is not giving her that warm connection that maybe she wants or something. I'm just reading into what you wrote, and I may be completely wrong, but what cycle is that? I don't know if you've had that conversation. What cycle are you referring to? Uh, Maybe there's more going on here, and in fact, I didn't read this part of the email on the air, but you said that you wrote to me four years ago, so uh, let me look that up. Let me see what that cycle is. Maybe I have some answers here that um, I can look up and figure out because I have a whole database of stuff here. Here you are. Back in 2017, you said, my partner and I broke up. 
I had become very needy and based my life around her the past couple of years. All the classic signs were there, although now I'm addressing this. She, by her own admission, does not show her feelings or emotions very well and has a slight fear of intimacy. She has a tendency to brush problems under the carpet and never really deal with them. She doesn't want to go to counseling. She feels uncomfortable talking about this stuff. For quite a while, I've been saying the problem isn't right between us, but she assured me everything was fine. Uh, Before we separated, there was clearly something wrong I couldn't put my finger on. Then I did something maybe I shouldn't have. I read her diary. Oh, yes. (laughs) Okay. I remember this email. I remember this. Um, I'm sorry. I'm just reading this fast so I can get some backstory here. After this, we decided it was not working and we needed time apart. Uh, she said she is leaving. It's not about another man. And she has no issues with the fact that I read her diary as if I hadn't, we might have ended up hating each other, living under the same roof. Her words, not mine. After a few years together, we split for six months. I have tried to support her, but she tends to push me away. So I don't know what to do in those situations. Um, we have both said we want to work it out and be back together. I feel like I sometimes make excuses for her, but deep down I know she is a good person and I do love her. And in her way, she loves me, but can I trust that she is being authentic and honest with me or doing the usual pretend everything is okay and I am happy routine? Okay, so uh, I just quickly read through most of that email that he sent me several years ago. And uh, thank you. I called you John back then. John, not your real name. Yes, definitely. Back then, you committed a big relationship boundary violation, which is reading her diary, her private thoughts, like sneaking into her brain at night when she's sleeping. And that could certainly have set things in motion. But like you said, things were already in motion. And it sounds like she was okay uh, with you reading her diary anyway. So she says, um, my feeling on this, now that I'm putting these two emails together, is that because she doesn't really admit too many things, it sounds like she doesn't really want to tell you what angers her or what's upsetting. Maybe she's non-confrontational. Like you said, she's avoidant, so that's you know really a part of it. If all of that is true, then what I believe might be or might have been happening and might still be happening is that she just holds on to resentment. She holds on to anger, resentment. She holds on to being upset at you, and she doesn't want to appear like that person, so she doesn't um, let it out. And what that does, uh, if I can explain this visually, is that the mind and body can only hold so much negativity before it overflows. And instead of exploding, what she's doing is just removing or eliminating things from her life that make her feel that way. And the scary part is she may be taking this with her no matter where she goes. She may be angry. She said, You said she doesn't want to go to therapy. She may have a lot to express, but because she's not expressing it to you, even if it's scary to express, if she's not letting that out, then the pressure is building inside of her. And the mind and body can only take so much. So I see it visually as the cup has runneth over. It's just too much to hold on to. There's too much negativity. And so if you read her diary and she got really angry about it, but she said, you know, it's okay, it'll be fine. That could be her swallowing a lot of anger. Maybe maybe that was the straw that broke the camel's back. And since then, she's been numb and dead emotionally. 
or maybe that's just the way she's dealt with things all her life. And because of that, she cannot emotionally connect because part of the cup runneth over is that all of the good feeling emotions, they start to dissolve. If the emotions are blue and you pour in clear water and you keep pouring in the water, the blue gets lighter and lighter and lighter. And as the cup runs over and the blue liquid and the clear liquid run out, eventually the water has no more blue. So if blue were the positive emotions, then all that clear stuff was everything else that she put in there. Then what does she have left? She may not be able to connect with anyone because she can't feel good about those people. And that's a huge generalization I'm doing. I'm oversimplifying it, of course, but I'm also overgeneralizing it because maybe that's not true at all. Maybe she just turned you off a long time ago and she's been going through the motions until she felt that she couldn't play this game anymore, couldn't go through the motions anymore, and now she's ready to go. That could be it. So this is going to involve an honest conversation if she'll even converse with you, but it has to be done in a way where you say, just be honest with me. You and I both know that you are probably very angry that I opened your diary. And I know I screwed that up, and I probably screwed up a lot of other things. And according to your other email, you were needy at one time. So that neediness in a long-term relationship can also wear someone down. That can feel like um, an energy drain to them. And some people will feel their energy drain year after year after year until they are numb until they are completely numb to any emotional connection and they just go through the motions. Just like I mentioned, my first long-term relationship, she was going through the motions the last couple years of the relationship because to her, the relationship was over. This does sound very much like that. It is a guess on my part because I am not a fly on the wall in your house. I'm just telling you that from the last email you sent, from what you described here, is that when somebody has an avoidant personality or a non-confrontational personality and doesn't want to make waves, that they probably withhold resentment and um, swallow anger, swallow negativity until they can't fit any more negativity inside of them or they're just so numb inside that they don't care. So she may be at that point and I'm telling you stuff you don't want to hear I mean I, I, I don't know what else to say to help you fix this I don't even know if you can I do know that the women that I've talked with and a lot of men too but I think a lot more women do this is that once they lock that door to their heart the chances of opening it again are very slim unless you show up as a completely different person one day in the future. But right now, the person you are is the person she's known for a long time. And even if you've improved, like you said, you've improved so much, that door may have been closed a long time ago. And yes, it, it sounds like I'm saying it was probably too late. It's never too late to improve yourself. It's never too late to try to be the best version of you that you can be. But some people end it way sooner than we're ready. And this is what it sounds like might be happening. And the conversation that I would have is, are you in love with me anymore? 
And because she doesn't want to be confrontational, I need you to tell her it's okay to be truthful. You know what? It's okay to be honest with me. I think I know the answer and I'm okay with it. Even if you're not, just say it. I'm okay with it. Because if she does tell you the truth, you also need to say thank you. Thank you for telling me. Now I have closure. Now I understand. Now it all makes sense. Because um, people who don't like confrontation never feel safe enough to confront. And if you've not been safe enough to confront with truthful information or dramatic information or a hard truth, she may be afraid to say anything to you. And if she has a big heart, she may be afraid to hurt your feelings. Because if she says, I'm not in love with you anymore, and she sees the pain in your face, she's going to have a hard time with it, and she doesn't want to deal with that. So, I mean, at least from what you described, she may not want to deal with that. So that would be my first question. Are you in love with me anymore? You know, tell me the truth. I'm okay whether it's yes or no. And if she immediately answers, no, 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 it's it's not that at all. It's not that. Just tell her, no, I understand if you're not. You don't have to avoid it. You don't have to worry about hurting my feelings. You know, tell her everything that you believe she is resisting inside of her. If you believe she is resisting hurting your feelings, say it. Address those feelings. Say, you know what? Don't worry about hurting my feelings. I think I already know the answer and it's okay. If we're going to end things anyway, let's just put it all on the table. Let's just talk about this. Let's just put it out there. I'm not going to convince you otherwise. In fact, I support your decision. There's another one. I support whatever decision you make. I support your decision to go through this. And it sounds like you said she's going to wait until after Christmas. So you're supporting her decision. But if she is set, then your goal should be to support that path to show her that you do care about her happiness. You know what? I do care about your happiness. I do want you to be okay. So I support this. I'm not going to talk you out of it because I have a feeling you made this decision a long time ago and now you're just coming to it. I mean, you may be wrong if you say that, but see what she says. You know, I, I think you made this decision a long time ago and that's okay. That's quite all right. I've learned a lot in this relationship. I care about you. I want you to be safe. I want you to be happy. And whatever you need to do for you, I support. That may hurt to say, but it's going to show her that you do support her because maybe she will tell you what's going on or maybe not. And that's the tricky part is that she may not tell you. She may take this information with her and never share it with you. And maybe she doesn't feel safe sharing with you. If you once looked into her diary, you probably had thoughts and feelings that she was uncomfortable about before then as well. Like you said, you were needy. Maybe you were very clingy. Maybe you were jealous. Maybe you were possessive. And maybe all of that added up. And in her mind, it ended sooner. So coming back to what I said, it may have nothing to do with what went on in her past, except the fact that perhaps she doesn't really have a good way to cope. She doesn't feel safe expressing all of that stuff. We, we typically learn some of those skills, at least early on in life. But then when we're with a partner that we're afraid to express to because we don't feel safe expressing to them, I can say that because the way I used to be was jealous and possessive in my 20s and maybe in my early 30s. I showed up 
as that clingy, needy, possessive guy that um, didn't want her spending too much time with other people or when she would talk about another guy, I would get these weird feelings and I would ask questions and it would make her uncomfortable, like I didn't trust her. It's another thing is that when you lose that trust, you lose a lot. And so she may not have been able to regain her trust in you as well. I know none of this is good news, but I tell you what, the best thing you can do, let's just say that she did fall out of love and she has been closed off to you, the best thing you can do is to support everything she wants to do for herself without arguing, without resistance, to show her that you support every step she's taking. That is how you show someone that you've really changed. Because you're no longer trying to control or change the situation. You are honoring the path that she wants to take. And that doesn't mean she's just going to fall in love with you again. It's just going to remind her that you really do care and you really are out for her best interest. And if you really are out for her best interest, then my advice applies. That, that is going to be the best way to show it. Even though you might be against it. Remember my definition of love? It is supporting someone's happiness even if you disagree with the path they want to take. You might disagree with her decision to do this, but loving someone means supporting the path they want to take even if it's something that you don't want. Thanks for writing. I hope this helps. Um, maybe you'll write to me in a few years and say, everything's good now. Um, I'm in a better place. I feel good about myself. If you're with her or with somebody else, I hope it's a happy, fruitful, productive relationship. Or if you're single, I hope you are continuing to reflect on what has happened in your life and how you've shown up and what else you can do to become the best version of you because that is how we improve. Thank you again for writing. I wish you the best through this. Good luck with everything. Stay strong. I know it's tough, but you'll make it through this. And thanks for listening to another episode. We'll be right back with my thank yous and my goodbyes and my final thoughts right after this. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. You want to get a good night's sleep? Head over to beamorganics.com forward slash brain. That's the word beam, B-E-A-M, organics.com forward slash brain. And you'll get 40% off your first three months of a Peppermint Dream subscription. Plus a free mug and frother. Check it out. And I want to remind you about BetterHelp. Betterhelp.com forward slash brain gives you 10% off your first month of online therapy. And maybe you can drink your dream cocoa while at your appointment. <laughs> Check it out. Betterhelp.com forward slash brain. And I want to thank the financial backers of the show. I call them the patrons of the week. Vanessa, Veronica, Holly, Adriana, Monica, Leela, Julia, Chelsea, Robert, you're new. Good to have you on board, Robert. Thank you so much for the support, Robert. I appreciate you. And all of you, Linda, Deborah, Anna, Maude, Allison, Anna, Somaya, Elaine, Brian, and Kim. I am very grateful for the patrons. They are the backbone of this show. They keep the show running with their financial support that they give over at moretob.com. And if you find value in the show, you can give over there too. Go to moretob.com. And um, that's a way to give back if you find value in this show as well. Thank you, patrons. I appreciate all of you. 
And if you are looking for a show on navigating the difficult relationship, speaking of which, head over to my other podcast, Love and Abuse, over at loveandabuse.com. On that show, I help you pinpoint the behaviors that are causing you to leave so many conversations feeling bad. And if you think you're the difficult person in the relationship, that's why I created a program called Healed Being. Go to healedbeing.com and see if you fit the criteria of doing emotionally abusive behavior. And finally, thanks to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for some of the music transitions in the overwhelmed brain. And with the last segment, I mentioned my old relationship. It was a relationship that lasted um, almost 13 years. And in that relationship, I was doing emotionally abusive behavior. I was highly judgmental. I was possessive. I was jealous. I was isolating her. I didn't want her to spend time with friends and family, even though she did it, and I didn't stop her from doing it, but I really wanted her to make me the center of her world, and um, that is very unhealthy, and I didn't learn how unhealthy that was until many years later, and when I learned how unhealthy that was many years later, it was right around the time where my marriage was ending, and I finally said to myself, I have to do something about this because every relationship I'm in fails. And I decided that I was the common denominator of all the problems in my life and that I needed to focus on myself. I spent so much time focusing on other people, wanting them to change, wanting them to show up the way I wanted them to show up, that I never spent time on myself. It was truly a narcissistic tendency that I had that I did not think that I needed any help. And I finally decided that, yes, I do need help. I do need to heal. I do need to work on myself. And so I did. I worked on myself, and I worked on myself some more, and then I worked on myself some more until I felt good enough to be in a relationship again. I even told my girlfriend, the person I'm with now, and hopefully for the rest of my life, that um, I used to be all these things. And she said something that I feel so heartwarmed about. She said, I don't see any of that behavior in you. In fact... I can't even imagine you'd ever be that way. I thought that is the most amazing thing I've ever heard in my life because it took me so long to figure that out and I ruined so many good relationships that to hear that tells me that I've come a long way. I I feel really good about that and I'm not saying that to gloat or brag or anything. I'm saying because it feels really good. It feels really good to get beyond that behavior. And so the reason I'm telling you this is because I ended up writing an article called My Healing Journey from Being an Emotional Abuser. And um, that turned out to be a very popular article online. I think if you type in how do I heal from being an emotional abuser, you'll probably see it on page one of any search engine. But the reason I tell you that after I wrote that article, the girl that I was in that long-term relationship with read it. And uh, she wrote to me and she said, Paul, that was the greatest gift that I have ever received or you could have ever given me or something like that. And I thought, what? I, I was so humbled and also frightened because I, I didn't know she would ever read it, but she read it. She said, that was the greatest gift you could possibly give me. And uh It took me a while to absorb that, and I didn't even want to say thank you or you're welcome. I didn't know what to say because I was 
toxic back then. I was not the person that she needed and deserved. So for her to say that, just it, it blew my mind. I didn't know how to handle it. And I think I just said, wow, um, I didn't even know you'd read it. I'm, I'm shocked. And uh, wow. And, and I just sat there for hours. I just sat there thinking, what just happened? I, I can't believe this just happened. I don't even know what that was. It was just mind-blowing. But it took me a while to just kind of have that register inside my brain. And after it did, after it sunk in, I realized um, that she was probably still holding on to some stuff about the relationship. You know, it's been a long time since we were together, but I didn't realize, and maybe that was stupid of me, I didn't realize that she was still affected today or at least up until I wrote that article. She was still affected by some of my behavior. And um, I didn't know. I didn't know. And so this is what can happen, is that we can affect people in a way that um, they hold on to for a long time. And this is why it's so important, uh, uh, something I just said about focusing on yourself. This is something I talk about in the Healed Being program. One of the lessons is all about focus when you focus on other people and you want them to change for you or you want them to show up differently or you want to control them or you want to manipulate them or manipulate the circumstances so they favor you what you end up doing is dissolving the love and connection that you have with them and they feel less and less safe around you and that's what was happening in that relationship She felt less and less safe around me. She didn't want to express things to me because if she did, then I might um, show up in a way that was unfavorable or very toxic. And so she had to adapt to me in a way that accommodated me, which meant that she couldn't live her life the way she wanted to. If someone has to adapt to you and try to work around maybe your dysfunctions or your bad or toxic behaviors, then what ends up happening is that they feel less love and connection, less safe, and the door to their heart starts to close more and more as time goes on. And I could feel it. I could look in the past and see this relationship that I had with this wonderful person that love and connection faded and I truly thought it was just her issue. I thought she was having the problems and she needed help because she's the one who's losing her passion and she's the one who must be going through a crisis of some sort because I'm perfectly fine. That's how I felt back then. But what it was was her adapting to me, trying to fit this mold that I had created in the relationship so that we could have some semblance of happiness and she could feel some semblance of individuality so that she could be herself in the relationship with me. But that was difficult because I didn't really allow her to be herself with me. She tried and she tried and as that failed because of the way I showed up, she was less and less of herself and uh, that's why the door closes. When you don't allow someone to be their whole wonderful self and they feel any type of restriction or control from you, the door to their heart will close. 
So this is a lesson that I finally learned and now I basically go in the opposite direction. I let my girlfriend be anyone she wants to be. I support any path that she wants to take. And of course, we still have conversations. It's not like I'm going to say, oh, sure, you know, go live in Europe for a month. I don't care. <laughs> it's not that at all. We have a conversation about it. But if she truly wanted that, if that was in her heart, how could I say no? I would never say no to her because I don't want to limit her. I want her to feel good being herself. I want her to know it's okay to be herself and to want what she wants. Again, it doesn't mean the conversations stop. It doesn't mean you can't discuss the pros and cons of decisions. But when it comes down to it, almost everyone I know feels better around people who let them be themselves and supports their decisions and supports their path to happiness. That's how I've seen things for probably the last 10 years now. And my life has changed. It, it really has changed. The people that you support being themselves are the people that want to be with you most. If you get that one component right, your relationships will improve exponentially. And if you're still working on things, of course, always keep an open mind so that you can step into your power. That's how you create the life you want. Always take steps to grow and evolve. You are powerful beyond measure. And above all, and this is something I absolutely know to be true about you, you are amazing. Amazing.